Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket challenge where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Network. Today is Monday, March 21st, 2022. This is episode 12 of season four. As always, thank you for being with us and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. So today we have a very uh, special episode where we'll be talking about streaming strategy and entertainment, and namely the three strategies that entertainment streamers like Netflix and Amazon, NBC, Apple, um, Hulu are all looking to do to uh, grow subscribers and to grow revenue. And I'm sure there's other strategies that are out there, but I think um, sort of there's three that we really want to highlight in terms of uh, what we sort of see in the marketplace and what's happening in that regard. But it's sort of an interesting thing because as, inter- as, as entertainment streamers um, are continuing to look for growth and subscribers, uh, they've either done that through sort of international where they've where the numbers in the U.S. and stateside have really kind of um, not grown as exponentially, maybe especially for some of the legacy platforms like you know, not like a Netflix or like an Amazon, whereas maybe for Disney Plus, it it, it grew very quickly just because of library of content, uh, and then some of other platforms are obviously adding um, adding subscribers, but they're doing it in a very specific way through uh, through what we're sort of seeing as as three different strategies. But, you know, part of the problem is that in, in sort of entertainment streamers, you need content, right? You need something to, to get people to be excited, get people to turn to the platform, to watch it, to pay for it, that sort of thing. Obviously, the best way to do that is to create more content. But uh, content creation is a difficult process, as any creator or producer or developer might know. Um, and it also takes time and money. Uh, and it takes approvals and, and everything else. I mean, it, it, content creation, having an idea and, and even a script is one thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I think in terms of the process, it can become very difficult. And of course, over the last five years, at least, entertainment streamers and studios have spent billions of dollars when it comes to uh, trying to speed up that creative process by signing showrunners, signing producers and talent 
and uh, purchasing libraries of content. I mean, how many how many mergers have we seen? I mean, MGM and and Amazon is the most recent example, but uh, there has been a plethora of those types of deals over the past uh, five years or so. But of course, that only goes so far, right? You can only purchase so many studios. You can only because there's only so many available. You can only purchase so much content that's that that you can license. Uh, because you're going to have competitors out there. And frankly, the more you purchase in terms of, you know, mergers or acquisitions, you're going to, you know, run into issues of uh, antitrust violations and monopoly. So you have to be careful here, right? This is, um, uh, it's not sort of one size fits all. But the reality of where we're at today is that subscribers really are the threshold for success in streaming uh, business. And of course, Netflix, Amazon, and Disney all lead in that category. I think Netflix and Amazon are both either uh, well over 200 million or somewhere close to that number. I think Netflix is over 200. I think Amazon is somewhat close to that. Uh, maybe in the 190s, might be more. And then uh, Disney Plus is, I think, in the 160 uh, million range. But they all lead in 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 sort of those are like the top three in terms of streaming numbers. Um, so again, it really has become the threshold. Now, of course, as competition has increased through, let's see, uh, NBC and uh, their streamer Peacock, or Apple, or DAZN, or you know, really any of the other streamers that are out there. Uh, anytime you add more competition the pool of prospective subscribers is going to shrink, right? And so, and consumers have a limitation on how many subscription accounts one can not only just afford, uh, but also how many can you, um, can you manage, right? You know, I mean, personally for me, I think I've got four, four different platforms. And of course, through different mobile devices and mobile um, subscription plans, you can get you know, sometimes you're getting things for free. Uh, and we've gone over that before on this show and in, in, in other columns where we've talked about, um, you know, if you were an Apple customer, when Apple first started, you would usually get it for free, the Apple TV Plus for free. Um, if you were a Verizon customer, I think you would get um, this idea of, uh, was it Netflix, I think? Uh, if you're Sprint, I think you would get um, I think it was Hulu. So you have a lot of different options out there, but of course, again, uh, consumers are going to have a limitation, uh, both on terms of how many you can subscribe to and what you can manage because, you know, it used to be that with a cable, you know, you'd have, you know, hundreds of channels, thousands of channels, you know, potentially. And then eventually they began to sort of synthesize that and make it smaller and say, okay, well, Let's just have specific channels that you want, and then we'll give you this general package. Uh, streaming is a little bit different because you have to log into the new platform, and even though it could be automatically set up for automatic uh, login to make that somewhat seamless, you still have to go to each individual platform. And on those platforms, you have um, what is seemingly unlimited content. Now, of course, is that all watchable content to everybody's liking? No. Um, and this is why platforms have to continue to create more content. But again, the point is, is that subscribers are really the, the threshold for success in the streaming business. But that 
pool of potential subscribers shrinks anytime you add more competition. Um, now, so how do streamers respond to this? Well, I think ultimately streamers could um, pull subscribers uh, from cable, which is which you know the numbers are clearly showing that's happening, or at least to if not pull them completely off cable to uh, have it so that it's complementary. So you have a streamer and you have cable. And I'm, I, I've come across many people who have done that. Now, again, streamers are going to have to reach more international markets, particularly in China and India. There's been some restrictions and some issues with China when, in terms of launching there with some of these platforms, um, mainly based on, um, you know, censorship and some other things that go with, with content, but we'll see how that plays out. But I think again, to, to attract subscribers, uh, you really have to, um, you have to find streaming customers that either based on uh, price for the services uh, and, and you have some sort of deal or you have content that you really enjoy uh, and that you sort of force the consumer to go there to to watch it, um, or it's not it's not yet a service offered yet on a streaming platform that you add to attract subscribers. So I think in this sort of like broader pursuit of uh, of subscribers, I think there's really probably three areas that streaming companies are looking towards to grow both their subscribers and their revenue. Uh, these three strategies all revolve around diversification of offerings. So first, there is an increase in ad-based options on streaming platforms, uh, which provides a uh, less expensive alternative to, let's say, the ad-free platform or subscription, because it's on the same platform. It's just a, a different subscription. So it, you know, in terms of whether you have ads or you don't have ads, if you have ads, it's cheaper. And it's cheaper because the advertisers are paying money to put their ads on the platform, which lowers the cost of the uh, of the streaming subscription because ultimately people are paying a premium to not see advertisements. So either way, the, the streamer is getting uh, that revenue in the door. So that that's sort of one. The second is this idea of adding live sports content through purchasing licenses, which obviously we talked about last week with uh, with Apple and them sort of pursuing this idea of uh, adding Major League Baseball to Friday night. I think it's a doubleheader uh, that they do. There'll be uh, doubleheaders throughout the season. And then third is this offering of gaming as a service or as um, content. And uh, before we move on to breaking down those three different, different uh, options, we're going to take a quick commercial break for one of our show sponsors, Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And it's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Degrees, take ownership of your health. All right, folks, Jeremy Evans back here with the Believe in Sports Law podcast, and uh, we are talking about this streaming strategy in entertainment and what that looks like uh, and what entertainment streamers like Netflix and Amazon and Apple and Peacock and Hulu and Disney Plus are all doing to add subscribers to their platform. And we've talked about how there's really three ways that they're doing this. One is by adding ad-based options uh, for streaming platforms as a, as a subscriber option. The second is adding live sports content through purchasing licenses. And the third is offering gaming as a service and content. So breaking this down a little bit, Amazon has not implemented an ad-based entertainment stream platform option. And to my knowledge, have not discussed it publicly, but Netflix and Disney Plus have, and that was most recently. And there was two Hollywood uh, Reporter articles on, uh, on that topic. And then obviously HBO Max and Hulu have already offered and already offer ad-based options uh, that sit below the more expensive ad-free versions. Apple Plus, TV Plus has not considered an Apple uh, an ad-based option. Um, and in many ways, I would sort of compare Apple TV Plus to a Netflix more where it's more pure in the sense of, um, I don't mean that in a, in a negative sense, but Netflix and Apple TV Plus are more pure in that they have generally been the last to or have not implemented any sort of commercial-based stuff. There's no advertisements. Uh, it's a very clean and sort of consolidated platform. Like, you know, you basically go to Netflix for one thing. It's to watch entertainment content, your film and television. And they have a lot of originals, right? Apple TV Plus, similar, but just on a smaller scale. A lot of originals, not really much in terms of licensed content. You go there, really. I mean, it is a broader platform in that you have more services that are offered because of sort of Apple's, you know, business model as a, and really as a uh, tech company that's providing um, mainly iPads, iPhones, and, um, and, you know, Mac computers, but, um, these platforms are definitely looking at adding in ad-based options with obviously HBO and Hulu as the most recent examples, um, of already doing that. And then Netflix and Disney plus talking about doing that. Now, of course, ad-based options help brands showcase their services, um, or products, the actual advertisers. It provides additional revenue to the platform, uh, which can be turned uh, back to creators to create content or to license content. And of course, it's a friendlier option for consumers because you're paying less money. Do you have to deal with the advertisements? Sure, but um, that's sort of the uh, the breaking point, right? You know, is that uh, you can pay more uh, and not get commercials. You can pay less and get commercials. Now, on the sports piece, in terms of uh, licensing sports content, 
Amazon has done this right, but Apple TV Plus and NBC Peacock, as you as you all know, because um, we talked about it last week, was uh, they both added Major League Baseball packages uh, through purchasing licenses. So Apple TV Plus will have Friday night double headers, and then NBC Peacock will have Sunday games. Uh, Amazon has already added Thursday night football. Uh, Hulu and YouTube uh, have had Major League Baseball and National Hockey League games. Disney Plus already owns ESPN Plus, so they've already got a built-in platform, if you will, separate from ES or from Disney Plus, but they do have that available. Uh, Netflix is somewhat flirted with sports, uh, specifically with um, original unscripted content like Drive to Survive, um, which is sort of regarding Formula One in their race series. HBO Max and Discovery have not discussed live sports yet. Um, obviously, uh, HBO in its prior iteration did have this sort of um, pay-per-view type of options. So, but again, the, the integration there in terms of adding that to HBO Max has not been something um, uh, that has, to my knowledge, been discussed. And with obviously HBO Max and Discovery coming together, and that sort of major merger between Warner and Discovery, which obviously Warner owns HBO. We'll see how that plays out, but I think HBO Max and Discovery would be wise to look at some sort of sports content uh, in terms of um, building out their platform. Now, of course, look, live sports rights are expensive, um, but streaming live sports is really the future. Uh, that's where it's going. It, you know, I think the trends clearly show that's moving away from uh, from cable packages, and of course, studios and streamers and everybody's you know really trying to they're flocking towards purchasing uh, live sports rights, and it's really one of the last things that people watch live on television. People don't even really watch their news live anymore. They usually get it on social media or they read about it or um, they'll watch a replay of it or what have you, or they'll watch it on YouTube or or whatnot. But the point here being is is that live sports rights will not only add content, it'll attract new subscribers that might not um, subscribe. So you maybe have a Netflix subscriber who's a big sports fan, put sports content on there, they're going to pay for it. Um, HBO, maybe you get folks who don't normally are not HBO fans, but if you stick, um, you know, live sports content on the HBO Max Discovery platform, when that comes out as a combined resource, that's a different story. And sort of the last piece is this idea of gaming. So gaming is a huge industry and it continues to grow with esports, the metaverse, NFTs, and really the ever-expanding sort of internet of content, right? So Netflix and Amazon have already offered gaming services and there's been um, many articles and a lot of uh, folks talking about that for, um, for quite some time now. Apple offers the Apple Arcade. Uh, and there was a recent article uh, that was uh, talking in Hollywood Reporter and Variety and a couple other places talking about uh, Apple's move to uh, increase its influence over gaming uh, in the coming year and what that might look like, whether it's purchasing a gaming studio, adding more content to Apple in terms of either it be uh, content uh, from gaming as in creating television shows um, like the Halo uh, film or, or television series, or whether it's just adding game, gaming in general through licenses to an Apple-based platform 
or at least a place where you can play on your mobile phone or your computer uh, or some sort of integration with gaming in, in, in some way. Uh, now, of course, look, gaming is an intention getter, attention getter for all pe people of all ages, uh, and especially the younger generation, because the younger generation is shown to really do a few things. And let's say uh, people under, you know, the under the age of 25 is you're going to spend uh, less time outside, more time on your screens. And this is obviously uh, with, with, uh, uh, with COVID and, uh, and in some sense coming out of that. But, you know, obviously I think habits have changed. Lifestyles have changed. If anything, I think COVID sped up the, the move in the race to digital. Uh, and then, of course, there's little to no time spent with cable subscriptions or live sports in any format. So these things are all down when it comes to you're spending less time outside, less time with cable subscriptions, and less time with live sports, regardless of the sport and regardless of the format. Obviously, some sports more popular than others with, this, with the sort of younger generation, soccer being one, basketball becoming more popular, some of these niche uh, uh, niche sports. But again, people are spending more time on their screens. So this is a way for these platforms to keep people in their universe, right? So if you're an Apple customer and the people are using, you know, you're using an, an Apple iPhone or an iPad or, or a Mac, you're basically going to, the idea is they want to keep you on the platform. So they want to keep you on the phone. They want to keep you engaged with their content, with their applications, that sort of thing. So these studios that have streamers um, are looking for ways to keep people on. And of course, gaming is a big piece of that. So, you know, again, gaming is either a service or as, uh, or as content in either films or television series or simply games, um, you know, added games to just keep, keep people on the platform. And of course, the beauty of all of this is that by adding gaming, by adding live sports, by adding an ad-based platform or subscription option, if you will, you're going to attract a completely different demographic of subscribers and obviously bring in additional revenue. And there seems to be a consistency amongst the entertainment streamers in of, of that sort of uh, tri-pronged or three-pronged approach, if you will. So, you know, from a business perspective, the more diverse the offerings, the more attractive the platform becomes. Uh, so between ad-based subscription plans, live sports, and gaming being added alongside your traditional ad-free plans, or your, I guess I would say your premium ad-free ad plans, uh, there are increasing options amongst the many streaming platforms. And again, there's some competition in that space. Uh, Netflix, you know, obviously Amazon, um, uh, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, which is obviously Disney. Um, you have, I mean, so many new streamers that are coming out with, uh, and they might be a little more focused like the zone or what have you. Of course, you still have YouTube, uh, which is kind of out of, out of the original sort of space, but still is a big um, sort of player when it comes to streaming content. And then of course you've got NBC and Peacock. And um, again, these, these folks are all looking to grow and add more subscribers. So when you add these things, uh, there's an increasing options and then there's increasing competition. And eventually the point here is, is that consumers will have to make a decision. And the platform that, you know, there's really a couple of ways to go about this. The platform that offers 
more for less money, or they offer more in one place, it's likely to be successful. But that doesn't take away the other strategy, which is this idea of uh, platforms being in a position where if they offer one thing really well, that's good too. So for that latter piece, you might might point to a Netflix. Netflix has not strayed away from sticking to entertainment content, no live sports. Even if the entertainment content is um, sports focused, that's Netflix has obviously done that, but no live sports. Uh, as compared to maybe see like an Amazon or now even with Apple where you're adding content or an NBC where you're adding sports content. And of course with NBC, it's a little bit different there because they're connected to a network and they've, you know, obviously uh, under their current, uh, under their current rights deals own um, already live sports properties. So uh, it's, it's a, it's an interesting time that we live in. And I think the streaming strategy in entertainment, uh, again, is that three-pronged approach, at least from what we've seen, ad-based platforms or subscription packages, live sports, and gaming. And those, those three seem to be uh, uh, the ways to go when it, when it comes to sort of um, adding subscribers and adding revenue. So... That's it for this week's show, folks. Uh, this is, uh, again, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Network. Thank you for always for uh, listening in and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. This show has been brought to you by um, Bet Online, and look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.